0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Hello and welcome to episode 263 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Hey! Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. How are you, Dave? I'm very well, thanks. It's it's interesting to be doing this on a Sunday afternoon for a change rather than yes. a Monday <laughs> afternoon, but uh, we're doing this a day earlier than we usually would because people are busy. So, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely to have you back on again. What have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, uh, not a huge amount
0: has been watched in the last few weeks. I've been really trying to tick off some of the ones that I've, I've been either talking about or saying oh yeah. I must try and catch that um, but some things I finished in the last maybe fortnight um, BBC One Young Offenders right yes uh, season three dropped and I sort of finished that over the course of a, a couple of weekends uh, really good uh, really funny I really like it um, I think it's on a par with Derry Girls um, but it right. came out first so sometimes it gets that comparison back to the Derry Girls but this came first it, and it's based on a movie from 2016 um, and and yeah I just really like it and it's really easy to watch it's quite funny and they have this like overarching narrative as well um, where the, one of the actors narrates over the top and gives you like a moral to their story
1: right yeah but quite funny have you caught that at all Dave I, I haven't no it's an RT and BBC3 co-production I think yeah And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not one that I've actually caught I'm terrible at watching UK comedies I don't do them that often but there are some great ones out there and I've heard good things about this all three seasons are up on BBC if you wanted to.
0: Yes. Another one I finished, again, it'd been a long time, is the Homecoming season one. And this is the version with Julia Robertson. Yes. It's on Amazon. I originally listened to the podcast when it was originally created. I, and I actually have a memory of me talking on here about it. The original podcast actually starred David Schwimmer. Yeah. And the, the TV adaptation is quite good. What I really liked is the stylistic elements that uh, Sam Esmail, he's the man behind Mr. Robot. Yeah. had sort of created with his change of time and colour palette when you are going to the future or when you're going to the past and he had a really good sort of narrative technique uh, so I really like that uh, so I finished that last week uh, it's come up now to start watching season two might take a break before I watch it it's you know it's one of those ones you do have to concentrate even though the episodes are 30 minutes there's a lot going on and you have to really sort of take it in I really enjoyed that
1: yeah that's when I I watched the first episode of it and just wasn't in the right frame of mind and I kind of need to go back and watch it again because I love Sam Mishmale's stuff and he does have a wonderful visual style Yeah, Mr. Robot was really interesting in how they managed to kind of construct that story and still keep it together without you necessarily entirely understanding whether what you were seeing was real or whether it was imaginary or you know it was very clever how they did that and I, I think he's a really interesting creator Sammy Schmell yeah. so uh, yeah I do want to go and see that at some point it's just
0: heavily infused with American politics so right, yeah. you really have to sort of get your head around that so that's why it's. I think it's quite meaty so um, you know I will watch the second season but probably just not straight away uh, sort of lighting it up a little bit with some comedies in the middle yes. um, and then on Now TV I finished this week Insecure season three uh, came out about I'm probably going to say four or five weeks ago I hadn't got around to watching it and now I've been a a fan of this since it was first released Um, and season three however I think was one of the strongest seasons it sort of tells the story of uh, Issa Rae uh, who is the writer as well um, and how she sort of navigates life around Los Angeles with um, her three friends sort of like the background supporting characters and also her relationships and it's a completely funny original sort of presentation of black culture in Los Angeles and I I just really like it and um, I think she She's a really good creator. She tells a really good story. I mean, I was reading into some of the background behind it and some of the her co-stars are also co-creators or co-writers or co-producers. Right. Um, and I just love how they have obviously helped develop the character and yeah, some brilliant acting in there as well. There's There's a fantastic scene. If anyone does want to go and watch this, I think it's in about episode six where they had a party and one of her friends has started dating a man and has told the man she's British and her portrayal <laughs> of the British accent is so it made me actually laugh out loud in my lounge sort of like she was she's such a funny character and she started delivering this real pan sort of maggie smith-esque british accent um and it was absolutely fantastic but yeah that's insecure season three all available and now tv i don't know if you've ever managed to come across that one or
1: again it's another one that's a, a comedy it's an american comedy i've just not quite got round to watching it yet but it, I, I hear a lot of good things about insecure um co created with larry wilmore which i didn't realize who is an ex daily show guy and mm. uh, also had the nightly show as well and he's got i think he's actually got a new series coming to it's either hbo max or, or one of those things i remember reading somewhere he's got another of those daily show-esque type shows somebody else has picked him up for one of those but the sounds of it mm. but uh that's another one that's on my list of things to go and watch at some point i mean it's multi-emmy nominated oh yeah thing. so and,
0: it's so good it's I'm, i th- i was really sort of so full of praise of it and as you can see from those three series i've just talked about my attention span this summer it's really low they're all 30 minute programs <laughs> i really struggle to concentrate on the longer ones so i'm sort of binging those quick episodes that you can sort of have just move on to the next episode so those are the things i finished i am in the middle of or i've started and uh, I'm, I'm happy to have a conversation if you've seen either of these um the first one is on now tv prodigal son have yes you watched any of this
1: um, I am definitely watching. Yes, we've talked a little bit about this.
0: Yeah, I like it but some of it is so, it's very far-fetched and it's just a bit weird, like about Michael Sheen's prison set up. I can yeah. get very frustrated with that, thinking, what, really? <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm three episodes in, I think, and I'm, I'm wanting to watch the next one and yeah, no, I'm enjoying it, but it's far from believable.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is one of those things you sort of have to just roll with it. I think with that, some of the elements of that, like the fact that, He's this infamous serial killer, but he's managed to get it into a position where his cell basically looks like a library and he's managed to get phone privileges so he can sort of harass his son and stuff. So yeah, I mean, a lot of that sort of stuff is a little bit far-fetched. I like the fact it has a sort of slight feeling of elementary to it, I think, in that you have a character that is clearly hyper-intelligent and he's working with the police department even though you know he's a sort of former FBI guy uh, and that's Tom Payne's character Malcolm Bright who is the son and his father is the serial killer so there's a little bit of the sort of Silence of the Lambs thing going on you've also then got but but it's very much done in in that sort of TV procedural CBS type drama-y way of something like Elementary as well so there are elements of comedy to it and it very much feels like that sort of level of show and I mean Elementary was a great show you know so i think if it's in that kind of mold i don't have a problem with that at all I, and again that had some fairly far-fetched setups as well but uh, you know it's michael sheen it's tom pain i do find it hilarious you've got two british people playing americans in the <laughs> leading roles which, <laughs> <So fun. laughs> which is, is just brilliant um, so so yeah and they're both great at it i could watch michael sheen did anything i think yeah, he's a he's fabulous brilliant. actor and, yeah. and uh, tom pain is superb as well and has this you wonderful kind of slightly manic thing going on I like the fact that there are points in it where he does something and you're never entirely sure whether he intended to do that and he's telling the truth when you know he pushes somebody off a building and you're like was that intentional or or was that sort of an accident and he didn't care and you're never entirely sure exactly what the state of his mind is and he plays that really well I thought the sporting cast is great as well so I am enjoying it it's a fun show it's don't take it over seriously but it's certainly very fun it's very watchable I mean, you can kind of also tell it's a belanti production by the far-fetchedness of some of the bits yeah. as well I think. <laughs> yeah
0: no it's really good and i think they um might have done a bit of a deal on michael sheen scenes i can imagine him filming all of those within like a Course of a couple of months, so he didn't have to be on set every week because, yeah, quite possibly so contained. He doesn't have to mix with many of the other co stars, does he? No. Um, so I can sit. no, I, oh yeah, it's really good to see him popping up and sit like you always try and judge Michael Sheen's like facial hair and hairstyle where he was when he filmed a certain film, and <laughs> so that's very similar to stage. So you're thinking yes. he kept that for most of stage. Uh, well, he must have finished then gone home and filmed stage. I was like, I'm bit obsessed with like where how long his beard is and therefore which what was he filming at the time
1: <laughs> yeah no it, it was the thing he was filming around about the same time as he was filming stage when everything got locked down so yeah i that that makes so perfect sense but yes it is funny how you could look at what he was filming just by the length of his facial hair <laughs> uh,
0: and the final thing i started watching uh, i saw it drop onto bbc i know it's been around for a while but it's just been cut after three seasons but i started watching Harlots, yes. um, on BBC iPlayer. Um, I'm watching it because I actually have a friend who's in it, but um, really? I wanted, yeah, I have a friend who's in it, Timmins. He's also in The Last Kingdom. Um, he uh, is, appears in this. I've only seen on episode two now and he just appeared in episode two, but uh, I absolutely sort of love Samantha Morton. Uh, I love Leslie Manville and I'm like, I'm just sapping it up, and I've yeah binged two episodes already, and I'm like yeah going to carry on through those. Um, I wonder if season three as soon will come to BBC iPlayer as well. And then I had a vague memory. Did it was it always been a BBC one, or did it start somewhere else, Dave?
1: No, it was ITV Encore. I think ran it over here. That was it's had a, it's had a really odd history because it, it ran on ITV Encore and that premiered the first season. It then ran on Hulu. It was. I think then Hulu took over as the sort of main broadcaster of it because ITV decided they weren't going to be involved anymore. And then it ran for three seasons on Hulu and, uh, until they dropped it after three seasons. Then Stars Play aired it over here. They bought the whole thing with all three seasons and then the BBC picked it up. So it's kind of bounced around all over the place. So it's, it's weird for a cancelled show to have such backing. It's very hot.
0: Yeah, I'm really liking it so far and a great fact i realized and this is through my own little research uh one of the main directors is Coti giedroich which is mel Giedroich's sister oh really as, a, as in sue and mel yeah that she's a director and then like, knowing know that, that, that fact i've then picked up a couple of other like programs that she's been involved in directing and uh she's yeah she's pretty famous she did a couple of FOs of save me too which oh, right. was yeah yeah, yeah yeah she's done the movie sort of the tv film how to Build not a girl which right, has just come on yeah. Amazon. And, and she was in, she's done a couple of episodes of seven seconds. I'm like, oh my God, you discover these things. Sister of Mel Giedroyd, she's a really famous director. Um, and yeah, she's uh, done a lot of harlots as well. So
1: yeah, that's me. That's pretty much what I've been up to. Dave, what have you been doing in the last week? Well, I've almost been in the same sort of position of you. As I've not really started many new things. I've sort of just been trying to catch up on stuff which I've missed and stuff that have been around a while that I should have. Really, be watching. So, Doom Patrol, which is on Stars Play on Amazon Prime, and I've been catching up with the second season of that, as good and as wonderfully bonkers as the first season was. The closest thing I could compare it to in terms of the sort of tone is something like Legion. The that wonderfully strange show but it kind of lost its way after the couple of seasons what doom patrol does is it's as ridiculous and out there as something like legion but everything that is weird and strange in doom patrol has a purpose whereas legion they were being weird and strange just for the sake of being weird and strange and i think that's where you sort of get the difference you know that there is a lot of odd stuff in the second season of Doom Patrol from you know sex ghosts to them being shrunk down really tiny to being stuck in a painting there's stuffing given inside people's heads and there's all sorts of very weird things that go on in that show but everything has a reason and a purpose for being there it's just great to see a show embrace its strangeness in such a wonderfully silly way and you sort of sit there and just go through it and, and let it wash over you. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the second season. The, you know, there's more character progression with uh, some of the main team. You get to see a bit more of the background as they start to ins- explore things like um, Larry Trainer's family background as well, which, you know, and him sort of reconnecting there. And there's this a sort of overarching feel of what is family, you know, is the Doom Patrol their family or have they got connections outside that? There's that sort of thing. There's some great little in jokes as well about the fact that Alan Tudyk who played Mr. Nobody in season one of this there's some wonderful little in jokes about the fact that he's not in season two because of the fact that he was voicing Harley Quinn at the time (laughs) because he voices Joker for Harley Quinn and a bunch Uh... of other characters. There was some great little kind of fourth wall breaking stuff there which is exactly what Mr. Nobody did in the first season was he was very fourth wall breaking in the first season of talking directly to the audience. Uh But yeah, if you've not seen Doom Patrol I strongly urge you if you like those sort of slightly stranger live action dc series same universe as titans isn't it technically yes there has been some crossover with titans but there was a little bit in the first season but that's sort of it although it is the same universe it's kind of as disjointed as something like legends is from the rest of the arrowverse you know okay. technically yeah. it's the same universe but they don't cross over really there was a little bit in the first season of the titans but that's it so definitely one to go watch season two is i think about six or eight episodes in i think at the moment of i think it's a 10 episode run and
0: they're dropping it weekly
1: at the moment they are dropping it weekly this appears to be amazon's new strategy of uh, releasing three episodes and then dropping the next episodes weekly so mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be what they're doing moving forward because that's how they dropped in Patrol that's how they're, they're going to be dropping the boys as well but I'm looking forward to watching the rest of it I've really enjoyed the second season so far the other thing I've been watching and I know we're very late to this Line of Duty
0: <laughs> yay
1: <laughs> uh, it's it's on Netflix and I mean I think it's on iPlayer as well but I picked it up on Netflix because I was like I really should watch this because I haven't seen it and I enjoyed Bodyguard so much which of course is Jed Mercurio as well and it was one of those shows that just missed me completely when it first came out and then you sort of what four or five seasons in now and I was but they are only short seasons so yeah yeah, they're only five or six. I think season one is five episodes and then the rest of them are six I think I really enjoyed the first season. I've just finished that today. Oh, you've got so much good to come. Yeah, I I enjoyed the first season. It's a solid drama. I I think Bodyguard overall had a more interesting, well-rounded plot than the first season of Line of Duty. But I know that there is a lot of love for Line of Duty and I know that it gets better with each season. So I thoroughly enjoyed the first season. I didn't. See exactly where they were kind of going with it, and I think that's a, yeah, that's obviously a good thing. I like the fact that it doesn't tie everything up particularly neatly at the end of that first season, so they've got lots of threads to pull on for subsequent seasons. So oh, I, yes. I'm really interested to see where that goes. I thought that was uh, that was a really really good opener for those five episodes. So I'm I'm going to sit and watch through the rest of it. I think it's we're at this sort of point where there's there is new stuff coming out, but there was, you know, I I got to the end of a lot of the big things like Umbrella Academy and stuff that I wanted to watch. And as I say, I'm up to date on Doom Patrol. So it's giving me a bit of chance to kind of catch up on some of the older stuff, which I, I missed before... One new show that I did watch, Teenage Bounty Hunters, which I don't know whether you know about this uh, This not show. Not even
0: heard of it, no.
1: It's created by a woman called Kathleen Jordan. I think it was originally called Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters, and they, they decided to drop the, the first bit of that. But it is basically based around these two teens. There is quite a lot of sex in that first episode. I mean, not graphic or anything like that, but there is a lot of sort of talk about it and simulated stuff in there you open on these two teenagers who are out parking in their cars with their boyfriends and their sisters they are twins non-identical twins they're driving home they are having a discussion get distracted run into this car guy gets out of the car and basically says oh my god i can't believe i've been running away from two kids all this time they're completely confused about what's going on turns out he he is wanted on bail and he thinks these girls are, are bounty hunters that are trying to sort of bring him down so they sort of hold him at gunpoint and decide you know well if there's a bounty on him we've just crashed dad's car and he's going to be really upset and we need the money for the bounty so if there's a bounty on him we'll, we'll kind of take him in and then the guy who is the genuine bounty hunter that has been chasing him shows up and that's how they connect and end up embedded into this bounty hunting world it's very much a sort of dramedy it's very much a teen show you've got the older bounty hunter that realizes these two kids aren't actually bounty hunters but sort of takes them under his wing and sets them forward on being able to get into places where he can't get into because he's black and they're two white kids and they're in kind of the south of america and there are certain areas where it's easier for them to get in than him to get in so mm. uh, he agrees to sort of take them along for the ride it's very funny I enjoyed the first episode of it I've only seen the first episode so far I will go watch the rest of it it's it's quite an enjoyable teen dramedy and uh, worth worth a look if you like those sort of things I think and where can you watch it eh? this is on Netflix it's one uh, of the, it's okay. a Netflix show. so um sorry I forgot to mention that
0: no I, I, I hadn't heard of it so I was like well, which one can I watch it on I didn't know if it's an Amazon or Netflix
1: or one of the people who's the exact producer on it is Genji Cohen who is the person behind orange is the new black so it has got some reasonably high profile people backing it uh and uh, she also did weeds as well so it's very much that sort of type of humor that you got in the sort of more humorous bits of orange is the new black and weeds it's it's very much that sort of humor but done with two female teen leads okay Hmm. there was one little story that did pop up that i spotted today which was talking about some of the panel shows in the UK. So uh, Hattrick, who are the people that make things like Have I Got Needs For You and Hypothetical and Dave. They've come up with an interesting solution for how you film a panel show in the midst of the pandemic. And their solution is you, you know, because obviously they want to be able to do it live in the studio, but if you're going to put it live in the studio, ideally you want an audience and that's where you start to get problems because they're facing each other and, you know, you either have everybody wearing masks or, you know, it's difficult to know how to do that. What they've suggested is they're putting forward proposals to the BBC for actually using two studio spaces so you have the panelists all in one and the an audience of socially distanced 70 or so people in another studio and you have cameras set up on the audience on one side and cameras set up on the panel on the other and you beam them in virtually to each other and beam the sound back from one studio to the other so that's apparently what they're they're currently looking as a possibility of doing the panel get without having to output the audience in the same room as the panel and wrist exposure that way they still get the live audience reaction interesting yes
0: interesting i mean if it works it could be a really good model moving forward but the problem you've got there is the hiring of the excess space if you're having to have two studios each time that you're Recording. That would be my only worry. But if it works, it could be a solution. I suppose they're looking for these sorts of solutions with uh, like theatre at the moment. They're trying to find ways around that, so that it'll
1: work. Slightly more difficult to do with um, theatre. But, uh, you know, because you sort of need the audience in there and you can't really have the play in one theatre and the audience in the theatre next door, which Mm. doesn't really work particularly well. But, um, I mean, I guess you could do it in some places like London. You could stick them all in a cinema and, you know, because They do do those things where they beam shows out live yeah. um, around the country, so maybe you could do it that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, interesting, interesting idea, I thought. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that popped up today. If it's approved, they're expecting to roll it out for the 60th series of Have I Got News for You, which is due to air in October. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> so we start off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups the first one is a cancellation and it's Our Girl the other popular BBC drama series that is not going to be returning after four seasons they have said don't know why other than you know I think Michelle Keegan wasn't going to do any more of it and they rather than replace the lead again because they've replaced the lead before in that show haven't they I think yeah it was originally Lacey Turner wasn't it in the yes very first I think season, so yeah Uh, So rather than replace the lead again, they've decided they're not going to do any more of it. So Argyll will not be returning again. Renewals, we haven't really got any renewals, but there is some interesting sort of moving around... In the US, which shouldn't really affect the UK, but just, just if you happen to be in the US or listening and just thought this might be interesting moving forward, they have announced that all the DC original shows are moving off the DC Universe package, which is currently what they're on. You know, they have the DC Universe streaming service. All mm. the original shows are now going to be moved off that all the tv content is moving off that and moving onto hbo max instead so that'll be Titans season three doom patrol which was already moved across to hbo max harlequin season three star girl which is already airing on hbo max and he's then aired the next day on cw and uh young justice outsiders all those And anything else, you know, he's moving all the TV content, the original TV content is going to be moving from DC Universe to HBO Max instead.
0: Are they losing the DC Universe eventually? Is that going?
1: I think what they're going to actually do is keep it around as a news and comic book resource. So, because it's, I think it's $7.99, but you basically get, unlimited or you know a huge back catalogue of comic books to read online from okay. there so i think they're keeping it for that but it is basically going to be that as a resource rod and i know you may have some older tv stuff on there but all the original stuff is moving on to hbo max there is a massive massive restructuring going on within the warner brothers thing at the moment and there have been people that have been let go from dc overall there is been some shifting around in terms of heads of the tv this is all sort of the major restructuring following part of it is probably to do with the pandemic but also the fact that they were i think it was last year everything was bought out by at&t and that's why you've got sort of you know dc and hbo and cw and all these things are now under one umbrella so Mm. there's a huge restructuring thing going on over there at the moment so things are going to get moved around a bit. HBO Max is, is now going to have all this DC stuff on. this. That does mean, of course, they have a Green Lantern series in development from Jeff Johns and Greg Berlanti, which is already in development for HBO Max, so I guess it helps allowing them to connect that into some of the other universes as well, which is good. I think you may see, although the Arrowverse stuff will probably always go out on CW first, I think you probably see some of that go on onto HBO Max as well. So they're using it as a sort of catch-up service and there's going to be a lot more cross-contamination between the two I think mm. unfortunately we're unlikely ever to see HBO Max over here while the Sky deal is still in place so unfortunately that's not going to get rolled out in the UK but you know it does mean that the, the content is kind of shifting somewhat so we'll see In terms of pickups and advanced air dates, there is is quite a lot of stuff around. High Fidelity, which was the Hulu series with Zoe Kravitz playing Rob in a sort of gender switch lead role. That was the TV version of that. They cancelled it after one season on Hulu. Stars Play have announced they have picked it up. We were given an air date for this, which was in September. And then I got a panicky email like a day afterwards going, "Uh, we shouldn't have released that. It's not confirmed yet and it may move so could you take the air date off so um, it is coming to Stars Play they have confirmed that it may be in September but it may not be it may be a different date entirely they haven't completely confirmed when they're going to air it but that's the one season of that High Fidelity show you'll be able to watch on Stars Play UK
0: I was reading how Zoe Kravitz has yes. um, called out the creators a little bit hasn't she saying yeah. they were unwilling to take a risk on um, you know this program with the gender switch and of the ethnicity of the lead so she's she's been quite vulnerable. Local,
1: I yeah she's not happy about the cancellation which is entirely understandable and you know she's called out them for not supporting it particularly well it was originally i think a disney plus series it was announced out, and then they moved it across onto hulu feeling that was probably a better fit which i i can sort of see why but yeah unfortunate that and uh, I mean we don't know exactly what went on behind the scenes but yeah that that was cancelled after one season. Strike Lethal White which is the next one of the Strike adaptations they've announced 30th of August that's coming to BBC One I'm very much looking forward to that because I loved the other Strike adaptations I thought they were really good. Um, Young Wallander as well which is the Netflix series that we've now got a date for that there was a trailer and they released images they've slowly been sort building over the last week to releasing the date so where dates for that has now come out third of september that is landing that's a thursday randomly that's coming to netflix could be quite interesting that i think that looked like it could be quite good fun Evil and Why Women Kill, which are two CBS shows, they have both landed on Alibi, and uh, we announced they've been picked up previously, but they're coming in September. We don't have an exact date for those yet, but they are coming in September. So those of you that were worried we'd have nothing to watch in September, they seem to be doing reasonably well with uh, finding stuff to put on air.
0: I just wish I'm um, now had a better deal with Alibi and we actually could see some Alibi shows on now TV. Oh, I really want to see why women kill and I can't I can't get it and I wanted to see Stumptown as well but mm. um, I've looked everywhere I've gone through like the Freeview app I've gone through now I've looked and you just can't get them unless you have Freeview or Virgin or Sky. It's it seems to be a real. Are they uh, not on UK TV Play? No UK TV Play only have Yes yesterday drama and dave that, okay. that's the only ones you can get on the now I, i've i've read somewhere like on the free view version if you have a free view account you can get alibi but yeah on my one because i've got the now tv stick i can't mm. get it even gone on to the, the the normal television and gone down. No, I'm absolutely, I'm in a little black hole where I can't get Alibi. And I think you know, that's something that I wish now would sort out and be able to access. Because there are some really good shows coming up into Alibi recently. Yeah. Um, i watched flack before Mm. um i was i think that was oh that was watch because you can't get that either so watch and alibi the two that you can't get
1: that's really odd i hadn't realized that wasn't a part of the deal but um that's a real shame but uh yeah i mean evil looks like it could be quite a good show why women kill look like it could be a really good show and both of those are coming to alibi in september so uh they'll definitely be ones to look out for it's a real shame you can't get it normally um Mm. but uh unless you can find some way of getting freeview set up if it's on there yeah I'll find a way one day I'll find a way Misfits as well he's coming in September although to be fair this is I think been pretty much permanently on all four but Netflix have picked up all the seasons of Misfits the uh, Channel 4 show that's coming on the 15th of September basically I think they've gone through their analytics and realised how much people love Robert Sheeran and and, <laughs> and that's pretty much the reason for it is, is whenever anybody mentions Umbrella Academy Klaus is the character that they talk about and the of course was the series he was in before then so I, I think that's part of the reason they picked it up but uh, all the seasons of that are going to be on Netflix as well The Undoing which is a new show from Big Little Lies creator David E. Kelly with uh, Hugh Grant Edgar, Rob Miras Nicole Kidman and Donald Sutherland that is now got a new air date I think it was originally supposed to premiere in like May and then the pandemic happened and HBO moved everything so uh, Monday the 26th of october for the undoing if you want to go and watch that we've got a few more sky dates as well because that's sky atlantic and now tv riviera season three they've said that will drop in october tin star which is now called tin star liverpool for the third and final season because it's set back in liverpool that is coming to sky atlantic in november they have said And also sticking with Sky, The Resident, they have finally officially confirmed, has moved on to Sky Witness. Yay! (laughs) And they've confirmed that season three will be coming in September 2020. So they're currently running out seasons one and two daily, I think. And September will be when they get to season three. But they have confirmed that season three will be coming straight after season one and two. So uh, you'll be able to catch up then. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yes. I'm just waiting for some of the others to pop up because I did ask them about the other shows, which was Private Eyes and Burden of Truth. I did ask them about those two. They don't have anything to confirmed to say about either of those but the way they phrased it makes it sound like they do still have control of them and they may still pop up at some point just don't know when yet hopefully they, they're not confirmed either way with those two shows so it maybe they don't show up at all but the way they were talking seems to be implying that they probably do still have control of them so they're being a bit cagey about those two but hopefully they do pop up and move on to sky witness as well and i think those will be the last of the original things that that universal channel used to air mm. that would be good um, another bit of news popped up on netflix diana the musical apparently is going to be premiering on netflix next year before it makes its debut on broadway diana the musical is a musical about princess diana the late princess of wales they were in the middle of theater previews on broadway when the coronavirus hit and forced everything to shut down so it's supposed to open on the 31st of march of course that did didn't happen. It'll now open on Broadway on the 25th of May next year. But they've, I presumably, to make some of the money back, decided to sell it, do a performance which they will record and then put out, much like you know they did with Hamilton on Disney Plus. They'll basically do a performance like that, and it will go out on Netflix before it launches on Broadway. I thought that was kind of an interesting one.
0: It's going to really test the audience to see how long a run it might get in Broadway and. Mm-hmm. When- end not it so you're going to get those reactions straight away
1: I mean I, I personally I'm not entirely convinced about the idea of Diana's no. life as a musical never but, worked. You know. what, what has
0: worked in the media they've tried it so many ways and that it's just not worked it's so I'll be interested to see if it does work and they found like the the, the magic ingredients you know we'll see I'll wait with a bated breath
1: yes yes we'll see what it's like we don't know exactly when that is going to land other than they've said it will air before it pre- previews on broadway or before it launches on broadway on 25th of may so somewhere in the first half of next year that's going to launch Moving on to bigger news stories, Chris Eccleston is returning to Doctor Who for the very first time, having said for quite a while that he it was something he would probably never do. They've announced that he's returning to Doctor Who for new audio adventures for Big Finish. It's uh, 15 years since he played the Doctor and was kind of pretty much instrumental in reviving the Doctor Who franchise on the TV. It's going to be 12 new audio adventures. It, they're going to release f- across four box sets with the first volume scheduled to drop in May 2021. He only appeared in one season of the TV show and I I think a lot of fans wanted to see him back, but due to the way he left the series there was a, a massive breakdown in communication between Russell Davies who was then the showrunner who you know we'd had a reasonable working relationship before but something happened and there was a breakdown there he also had a breakdown with the the rest of the producers at the time and also the way the BBC treated him after he left he was very depressed about it and and you know he's spoken at length about this and, and about his treatment after that show and how he, he thinks he was blackballed from things and you know it it really wasn't a good time for him so you can kind of understand why he's been reluctant to go back he did say that after 15 years I will be excited to revisit the ninth doctor's world bringing back to life a character that I love playing so it you know it it wasn't the character that you know and it wasn't about him not being typecast he just there was apparently a lot of things going on behind the scene which he wasn't happy with and that was the reason that he ended up leaving but they kind of BBC tried to moved it out and kind of screwed him over in the process so the chairman of Big Felish actually kind of had a big conversation with him and managed to sort of convince him that now was the time to come back we've seen him edge back slightly closer towards Doctor Who in recent years like he'd been doing more conventions and uh, you know signings and that sort of stuff so I'm really happy he's, he's had a place with the franchise that he feels he can come back to it and I'm really happy that we get to see more of those stories because it's one big chunk of history that's been missing from that show yeah be good it'd be good to hear him yeah and, I mean I would it was a shame that they they couldn't convince him to come back for the anniversary series because that would have made slightly more sense than what actually happened with the sort of whole wall doctor thing it would have been nice to actually have him in that role which I think was probably the original plan if they could get him to do it but you know he was reluctant to come back to the role on TV at that point so, so I sort of get that and uh you know but at least'll we'll, we'll get him back in audio form at this point and maybe it's at some point, we can convince him to come back and maybe do a Two Doctors thing on TV or something. That would be awesome. <laughs> Sticking with uh, casting things, Jonathan Price is joining the Crown as Prince Philip, it has been announced, which I think is a great bit of casting. Uh, Jonathan Price, you will probably know him as high, the High Sparrow from Game of Thrones is probably where a lot of people know him from. He also did The Two Popes with Anthony Hopkins for Netflix. He was in Tomorrow Never Dies. He was in Glengarry Glen Ross. Brazil, Wolf Hall, Taboo, a million other things. She's a fabulous actor. He um, did say, I'm delighted to be working with Netflix again. The positive experience I have making The Two Popes has given me confidence to tackle the daunting prospect of portraying Prince Philip. I will also be doing so with Peter Morgan in the company of Imelda and Leslie with a joy. That's Amelda Staunton, who is taking over the role as the queen from season five, and Leslie Manville, who's taking over the role of Princess Margaret from Helen Bon Carter. So uh, we've still got a fourth season to go out, which we haven't seen yet. Which will be the yo because it as. you know, with The Crown, they change the cast every two years. Seasons three and four are Olivia Colman as the Queen, and then seasons five and six will be Imelda Staunton taking over the role as the Queen. Tobias Mendes is currently playing Prince Philip, and he took over from Matt Smith, who played it originally. And I think Jonathan Price is a, is a great person to be able to pick up the baton for that role.
0: I'm really excited by that. I mean, I'm still a little behind on watching of The Crown, but I can't wait to get to the later seasons because I'm excited by some of the storylines, some of the actors they've got coming in. Um, I know, for example, Gillian Anderson's coming in as Margaret Thatcher. Yes. That'd be a really interesting seasons to watch as well. So, no, it's really good casting. When I saw the images and actually when I saw the images of him put beside the previous actors, Tobias Menzies and Matt Smith, I was like, they've done really well in Mm. past them. I can't wait to see what Leslie Manville looks like as Margaret Um, in particular. I'm a huge fan of hers, but I'm just I'm looking forward to that, too. But no, uh, a really, really good casting. Obviously, they have still got a few more iconic characters to cast and I can't wait to see how they come
1: about yeah i mean unfortunately i think michael sheen's going to be tied up again but when they get to a sort of tony blair era you do think surely they've got to rope yeah. him back in to do that because he's really so good so. <laughs> he's so good at it and it will be weird to see somebody else in a peter morgan thing playing tony blair you know i i hope they rope him in but we'll, we'll see we don't know exactly when peter morgan plans to end the drama we do know it's going to be six season because it was it was six originally then it was five and now it's six again we know know that they cover around about 10 years, give or take a few years. So uh, season one was 47 to 55. Season two was 56 to 64. Season three is 64 to 77. So season four is going to be sort of late 70s to the 80s. That's the kind of Thatcher era stuff. Then after that, you've got to cast John Major, I guess, at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then maybe we don't quite get to the Tony Blair stuff all. Although, I mean, we don't know exactly when they're going to end it. So the obvious point to end it to me would be 2002, which is the Golden Jubilee. That seems like a big thing to end it on. And we know he doesn't want to go right up to date because I think, you know, that's uncomfortable getting that close to history. And, you know, he doesn't want to get right up to date. So I I think 2002 would seem like an obvious place to stop. And that sort of fills out seasons five and seasons six. But um, yeah, well, We'll yeah. have to wait and see where he goes with it. Moving on, interesting news that CSI could be about to make oh, a comeback. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I have a love for CSI. It, it was one of the first big American procedurals that I ever really got into. And yes, it was very formulaic. And it is one of the kind of big grandparent procedurals that have spawned these multiple worlds. You know, I mean, there's this and there's, you know, we've now got the Chicago franchise and there's the law and order franchise franchise but this was the other big one it is the 20th anniversary of csi this year of the original show and they were looking to try and do something for the 20th anniversary and whether that was getting the cast together or whether that was filming something new they weren't sure they started talking about it and you know in february they were floating out around ideas of maybe doing this idea of some sort of event series that would have some of the original cast in it obviously then the pandemic happened and that all kind of got booted so it it looks like it's probably not going to happen this year because the plan was to shoot something from february through the summer and then release it in october which would mark the 20th anniversary the chances are that that isn't going to happen but if this does go ahead it's likely that it will probably be next year before we actually see it what they did was release a a bunch of casting notices for new characters. The idea is that it would be an event series. It would be called CSI Vegas, which was sort of the unofficial name of the original CSI because it obviously spawned CSI New York and CSI Miami. So the original show was unofficially kind of rebranded CSI Vegas, but they're actually using that as the title for this mini series. So it will open a brand new chapter in Las Vegas, the city where it all. Began facing an existential threat which could bring down the crime lab. A brilliant team of surrendering investigators must welcome back old friends and deploy new techniques to preserve and serve justice in Sin City. So uh, I like the idea that they're taking it back to Vegas again. The casting notices they sent out, interestingly, really sets up a whole new team in the Vegas crime lab. So you've got Maxine, who is a former baseball coach, top flight scientist, and leader of in the field of genetics, recently developed. She struggles with her son's opioid addiction, so she is new head of the Vegas crime lab. You've got uh, Joss, who is a level three CSI. He's typically the lead investigator on cases that have knack for a crime scene. Reconstruction, Vegas born and bred, he comes from a family of forced small-time crooks and scammers, Ali is an immigrant who follows her dreams to Las Vegas, she's a young level 2 CSI with a bright future and a sunny disposition, bona fide genius, she's double Harvard whiz kid with a PhD in Forensic Archaeology. Chris is an up-and-coming level two CSI. He's a private school kid who started out in a white coat and working his way into the field. He's now a lab rat set free. And Hugo, who took over as lead medical examiner three years ago, he has an endless fascination with bodies that find his way on his slab. The morgue is his happy place, apparently. So uh, that's the sort of characters we're looking at. Whilst they are saying this is an event series, they certainly seem to be setting that up in a way that... If they wanted to continue it on, you could, could certainly do that. The, yeah. the plan is that you would have them set up as the sort of core internal team, and then you'd have William Peterson and uh, Gudjon Fox back as Grissom and Seidel. So they would be coming back in as, as the description said, they would be the kind of old faces coming back to help them out. But uh, you know, they're no longer working that there full time. So I, I, I think that sort of makes sense and bringing back Grissom and Seidel make sense for the series because they were the sort of most beloved of the original cast Peterson left in season 9 Fox left in season 8 although then kind of came back and guested through the subsequent seasons and rejoined probably again in season 12 they both came back for the season 15 finale and then quite literally sailed off into the sunset at the end of it so on a boat so I mean which was kind of cheesy but also sort of worked so I think bringing them back for the event series makes sense and uh, it does give you the opportunity to maybe throw in a few of the other old faces as well, we'll I was really
0: late to the game with CSI um, yes, I really me too. only got into it in the later series with Ted Danson and the one thing I know it's on my list one day I must go back and try and find the second season of CSI Cyber it right. did one season over here but they never got the second because it got cancelled and that had um, Patricia Arquette in the lead and so I really want to go back and, and try and find season two of that and watch it I really I just enjoyed the pre- Procedure aspect
1: of it. We have good news for you. Season two is coming. Well, depends whether you can get it. Actually, CBS Justice are airing season two in October. Apparently, oh, brilliant! Yes, <laughs> thank so, you, Dave. Uh, if you can get CBS Justice, it will be on there. So, uh, yes, the second season. I think they only released it on DVD over here. So, this will actually be the first time it's aired on TV. But yes, it is airing on CBS Justice, which is not a channel I really watch. But uh, they have said that that is coming in October. So that you can look out for that. And uh, lastly, Disney have got another remake in the works. This one is Three Men and a Baby. They are oh, looking to remake. Don't touch the classics. Don't touch the <laughs> uh, classics. With, with Zac Efron set as lead, which I, I kind of works, I think. If you're going to put anybody in there, I think putting Zac Efron in there does sort of make sense. So uh, Three Men and a Baby, if you don't know the original, came out in 1987, had Tom Selleck, Steve Guttenberg, and Ted Danson in the leading roles as three carefree partying bachelors who live together in their bachelor pad. Their lives are turned upside down when one day a baby named Mary is left on the doorstep with a note revealing that she of one of the guy's flings. As they change her diapers, she changes their lives. That was the sort of setup for it. The setup for the remake is, is basically the same thing. It's not a series. It is a, a film I think they're looking to do, but it's a film which would go out on Disney+. Zach Efron, of course, course this being something of a homecoming because he started off his life in high school musical for Disney he's appeared in a whole bunch of things and you know from very broad comedies like things like Dirty Grandpa and Baywatch through to things like me and Awesome Well from Extremely Wicked Shocking and Vile where he played the serial killer Ted Bundy and got sort of acclaimed for that so he's had quite an interesting kind of mixed career of stuff I, I guess this is somewhere in the middle of all that but um, yeah oh,
0: which one do you think he is being set up to play do you think he- he's the Tom Selleck
1: I, I think he's the Tom Selleck character I, I would guess um, although I think it was maybe the Ted Danson character I can't remember what his baby it was I think it was Ted Danson's baby supposedly so maybe it's the Ted Danson character I they
0: know. sort of rewrite the characters and give them yeah, a, I mean, like a it, new fresh spin
1: yeah I, I suspect they probably will do to a certain extent because if it's going to be updated for modern day there's lots of things that they're going to end up changing for this as well yeah. I would have thought we'll see it's Gordon Gray, who is producer behind the remake. He did Quibby's Most Dangerous Game, starring Liam hensworth which was great. Uh, million Dollar Arm for Disney, starring John Hamm, and uh, the upcoming HBO Limited series, Mayor of East Town. So, you know, he's got some good projects behind it. The writer is a guy called uh, Will Will Shell, who uh, I don't know at all, and uh, they haven't got a director for it yet. The original film was directed by Leonard Nimoy, a.k.a. Spock. <laughs>
0: Which, I did not know that um,
1: I, I'd forgotten I mean he he actually had quite a career sort of directing things he directed some of the Star Trek stuff and uh, you know a bunch of other things as well but uh, yeah I, I'd completely forgotten he directed this he did the original movie there was a follow-up movie called Three Men and a Little Lady which had a different that. director but uh, Three Men and a Baby was the first Disney movie to top 100 million at the box office apparently so you know it was a popular property, property and it was a very beloved film but, but uh, we'll, we'll uh-huh. have to see there's no news on who might be joining him and I think that that's going to be fairly key to who the other stars are That you know, because it was very much a three-hander that thing so yeah, we'll see yeah. I don't know how to feel about that at all but I, it's interesting I think that one definitely
0: I don't want them to touch the classics but you know new generation all that they might have to
1: yeah I mean it, it's when you start to realise how old you are when they start making things where you're thinking that wasn't that long ago <laughs> so yes So that's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week, we have a show which I'm really interested to see called Biohackers, which is coming on for its first season on Netflix on the 20th of August. First became aware of this because the person that's writing the music for it is our old friend, Phil Eisler. And he mentioned this. It's actually a German language drama. Although if you don't like subtitles, it is being dubbed into English on Netflix as well. So you can watch the dubbed version. It's really intriguing. It's based around the idea of biohacking, and it follows a medical student who discovers the use of a highly advanced biohacking technology at a university town and has to decide how far she's willing to go to find out the truth about what they're actually doing. Um, and biohacking is when they sort of hack bits of DNA around to sort of add bits in or remove stuff. And it's using stuff like CRISPR. There, is, there are ways of actually kind of doing this fairly cheaply and in home labs and stuff. So it's a really interesting technology. One of the things they did as a promotion for this was they downloaded the entire series into a strand of dna which is there's a video going around online showing the process they went through of doing it by like converting it to ones and zeros and storing it in dna and then you can resequence it to get it back out again and it will last for a thousand years that's very geeky isn't it <laughs> yeah it is um <laughs> but uh but yeah it is a drama um as i say it is a german language thing but will be dubbed as well so you can either watch it with the original german language and subtitles or you'll be able to watch the dubbed version but it looks like it's going to be really interesting so that's biohackers uh season one of that on netflix on the 20th of august a league of their own returns to sky one that's the comedy quiz series that's on the 20th of august at 9 p.m although james corden isn't hosting this season because he's stuck in america because of the pandemic you've got uh stargirl that comes to amazon prime for season. Season one of that that is one of the aforementioned DC original universe original shows that is coming to Amazon Prime on the 21st of August I'm very much looking forward to seeing that because it's been getting quite decent reviews so that's one to watch out for then we have Lucifer season 5A that is coming to Netflix on the 21st of August as well so uh, lots to watch on the 21st of August I'm very much looking forward to that and uh, that is the first eight episodes of season five I think so that will be arriving on there and I'm very much looking forward to watching more Lucifer and also coming to Netflix Trinket season two which is the final season this is the story of three teens who formed an unlikely friendship after meeting to mandated shoplifters anonymous group Brianna Hildebrand or Negasonic Teenage Warhead she's probably best known for but it's uh, her TV show they announced previously that the season two will be the final one but that's coming to Netflix on the 25th of August for that if you want to see that any of those spot your interest? I think Stargirl's going to go on
0: my list eh? Uh, mainly trying to keep up with that sort of strand of tv programs lucifer i'm still back on season two at the moment i'm so far behind so those two are the ones that really i have never really been fan of league of their own and i just can't commit dave i have commitment problems i can't commit too many programs
1: (laughs) yeah as i say uh, biohackers i i would urge you to go and watch because it does look quite interesting and a lot of those german dramas have been really really good there's some great things on there 20th august for biohackers 21st for lucifer and Star Girl, that's on Amazon Prime and Netflix, and Trinkets looks fun as well, but I haven't actually watched any of that. So uh, that's the things to look out for for next week, and that's all the news we have. So if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? They can go over to Twitter and follow me on at Gray the Geek. When I'm
0: not complaining about consumer issues, I am occasionally talking about TV. I've just recently done an extra podcast with Matt at Entertainment Talk as well, where we both gave each other a pilot to watch. Um, yes. I- gave him uh, chewing gum and he gave me black summer so very different programs right. but we got both got a lot out of it as well so yeah go and have, give us a listen to entertainment talk too
1: yeah that's really interesting i should have to go i should go and listen to that that's fascinating uh, yeah so that's uh, matt and gray and he has a whole bunch of other podcasts over on there so uh, that's matt over on entertainment org. if you want to go and find that you can also go and find bex who is over on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash trista Bytes. that's uh, T-R-I-S-T-A-B-Y-T-E-S because she thought puns were more funny than actually being able to spell something so you can go find Trista Bytes over there and uh, go and watch Bex there. her streams are pretty much daily and a few evenings as well so we're uh, always worth going to watch her she's very funny for us of course you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information and TV news if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk a message on your website post find us at geek town on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geek town on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town and on instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week Bye bye. bye bye